here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Merry Christmas, everybody. Rob McCarran here with Jeff Hawkins on a very special Christmas edition of Shake Them Ropes. It's the Mailbag Show, a mm. bonus episode. Uh, Jeff, how are you? I'm, I'm rocking. I'm, I'm ready to ask some, uh, not ask, but answer some non-wrestling questions. So that'll be cool. Rest- I think. Yeah. Nice we, got, change. we did get a number of wrestling questions. Uh, yeah, we did get a number too. of, yep. We got a number of non-wrestling questions. Um, but before we get into the questions, I just wanted to say thank you for all those who had gone through this entire year listening to our show. Yes. Uh, you can, uh, catch Shake Them Ropes on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, voicesofwrestling.com slash str we're on youtube as well doing post pay-per-view post shows uh for every wwe show and nxt takeover so i want to thank all those who had either watched us on those po- uh, post shows listened to our podcast interacted with us on twitter at crap game 13 for jeff at shake them ropes for me uh but that's basically it. i wanted to say thank you thank you yeah. for making uh shake them ropes continue on and for anyone who takes the time to actually interact with me or you on on twitter i, I yeah. always appreciate that because it gets me through my day because the, i know do, doing this show for me is the highlight of my week for the most part even though the, the wwe product may not always be great and watching it but you know talking about wrestling is a passion and if i didn't enjoy it i wouldn't do it so i mean it's always fun exactly like i yeah it's fun talking to you each week figuring out what people think about raw and smackdown in a serious way i want to you know everyone who you know interacts with us on shake them ropes it's fun Twitter. to try and tweak for, 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 for the listeners. It's fun for me to occasionally try and see if I can tweak Rob occasionally on the air. Sometimes I get him. Sometimes I don't. So <laughs> you can hear those points where it's like, sometimes I'll just troll Rob a little bit just to, just to egg him on. Cause Rob, Rob works very hard for voices wrestling. And he works very, very hard for shake them ropes. And I think sometimes he, people think you come off a little too straight laced. And I don't think that's true necessarily, but at the same time, it's kind of, you, you do have, you're very particular about things for, for shows and, and of that kind. So sometimes throwing a little monkey wrench in the mix. I, I hope I don't become not entertaining in those times. Yeah. If I didn't enjoy doing the show, we wouldn't do it. Cause yeah. I mean, this isn't our job. Nope. Right. I mean, we, we're not here, you know, making big dollars from this show. So I, I do it because I like the interaction on Twitter. I like uh, I like being inside the wrestling bubble and I like uh, having a voice about about WWE a little bit. WWE and NXT. I mean, you know, we read on the last show on on the sh- on Tuesday's show, you know, the review about calling me Markish and whatnot. And I think uh. I think anyone and I'm not taking it too seriously, by all means, if you don't enjoy the podcast, I'm sorry, but uh, this is the show we do. Um, I like WWE. I like NXT. They're my WWE is my favorite promotion. Sometimes I will enjoy shows of other companies more, but I keep going back to WWE as bad as it may be. I'm just going to end up being a lifer. If I'm, if I'm a wrestling fan, I will be a wrestling fan because of WWE. Uh, is new Japan. Great. Yes. Is ring of honor. Great. Yes. Do I enjoy the shows? Yes. But, but WWE is the promotion that just has more of the aspects that I like that I enjoy not saying that's right for, you know, pro wrestling, not saying it's wrong. I just enjoy it the most. So if that's me coming off Markish, I'm sorry. 
Uh, I don't but, think Mark. I don't think Markish was the correct term because what you do is you are a very good host. You are more or less neutral until it's time to give your opinion. You're not giving the hot take in your in your questions or your setups and whatnot. And and oftentimes you phrase a question so that it's easy access for those who are casual viewers. Yeah. I mean, we we had you know, Markia McCarty a, a few months ago. And she does not. She works in the wrestling bubble, but she is not involved in the wrestling bubble right. in terms of keeping up with everything. And you know, just from talking to her off air, I mean, she found your questions. Um, very. I mean, she she asked if you were a professional radio host and and, and you know off, you know offline and, and whatnot in terms of, you know, you that you really you know you have your questions prep. You you know what you want to get. You know the you get to the point with the questions, whereas I kind of ramble on answers like this occasionally. But I, I think Markish is an incorrect terms. You are easily accessible to a new user. Right, and listener. I'm trying to get opinions out there. So if I'm taking one side, it's because I want to hear what the other side is. Like I, you know, I want to hear what the other opposition would be. I want to hear what the pros, the cons are. I want to, I want to get specific thoughts out. So I introduce it in a way and, mm -hmm. you know, because I want to get what Jeff thinks on the show and, you know, what I want to do. And hopefully we do more of this going into 2016 is for those who interact with us on Twitter, for those who listen to the show, I want to get more involvement from from you guys, from the listeners in our show. I want to get your opinions kind of out there. So uh, please follow us at Shake Them Ropes if you don't already, because uh, we want to make the show more about uh, all you and and keep us going strong into 2016 or for at least the first four months of 2016. Uh, but you mentioned Mar uh, Marquia McCarty, who was mm -hmm. a guest on the show this week or this month or this year, I should say, yes. um, somewhere back in the day. Uh, we had her on to kind of talk about August. WWE pay-per-view, right? SummerSlam and NXT Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to think, I have the list here, and I, I'm pretty sure I didn't forget anyone. Uh, hopefully right. I didn't forget anybody. Uh, but I have the list here of those who guested on our show this week that I wanted to thank as well. Uh, you know, not to mention, too, all the people who called in. You know, when we would do our call-in shows, for everyone who called in and took part in Shake Them Ropes, I want to thank all of you from Danny in Texas to to a uh, drunk guy calling in, trying to kill himself on the, on the roadways. I want to thank oh. everybody. I want to thank everybody, but uh, we had uh, Zach Gilbert. Yeah. Zach. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I want to thank Jeff Jarrett. Uh, we had Les Moore and Celia Bloom with a run in from Hugh Little of uh, sheet sandwich. Mm -hmm. Dylan Hales, uh, one mm -hmm. of our more popular guests. Dave Meltzer was on the show recently. Mm -hmm. Todd Martin of PW torch, mm -hmm. Markia McCarty and Steve Kaufman of after buzz. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, Matt Girardi, who was on one of our pre-shows, mm -hmm. uh, Chris True for the five minutes he was on. <laughs> he still feels bad about that. <laughs> and uh, and Gabe Sapolsky. Am I missing anybody? Tyrus. And Tyrus. We had Tyrus on. Yes, Brodus Clay. Which was a fun interview. Yeah, we had Brodus Clay on the show. Yes, Tyrus. Thank you for uh, for joining us as well. So uh, those are the people who uh, joined the show, and I want to thank everyone. I want to thank you, Jeff, of course, for doing the show here, and Rich Krejci and Joe Lanza of Voices of Wrestling for for allowing us on their podcast network and you know taking part in certain things too. So uh, thank everybody. Thank everybody for, uh, for being a part of Shake Them Ropes. We did get uh, a lot of questions coming in. They all came kind of uh, kind of late. Like I put up a notice a day before we recorded the show. Mm -hmm. I was getting worried because we we got a couple of email responses, but you know not a lot of Twitter response. And then thankfully, uh, the listeners came through towards the time we were recording and and you know gave us a a lot of questions that we can get through. Some wrestling related, some not, but we will go through them. 
uh, and uh, get that out. Uh, Jeff, you were on Sheet Sandwich this weekend. Oh, yeah. Talking I a, Sheet. I did a short bit with them. Just a short bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I wanted to address because, you know, I, <laughs> I, I made a Twitter comment uh, a couple of weeks ago because NXT is going to Chicago. Ring of Honor is going to bring New Japan to Chicago. WWE always runs Chicago. There's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff happening in Chicago in right. the uh, in the early part of 2016. So I made a comment after all that stuff, you know, talking about all the great wrestlers that will be appearing in Chicago. I made a comment, oh, by the way, I'm moving to Chicago. I want to let everyone know that was in jest. I was just, you know, making it in context of, oh, Chicago is the place to be. I want to go to there. This is the second time that someone has taken something that one of us has said out of context to the point where where we have to address it on the show. Well, it is funny like that because you I mean, it's Twitter, you know, you you don't necessarily selectively see something. You only you see what you see. So if you miss the the one tweet because there were a lot of Twitter comments in your timeline or whatever, and then you see the other one, you you would take it probably for a true statement. If you don't look at the timeline, not just that something said on sheet sandwich. Oh yeah, that's true. It gets spiraled out because oh, Jeff's leaving the show. No, Jeff's not leaving the show. Jeff thought about leaving the show at one time. That, that's all. I... Well, that that Les Moore is an investigative journalist, man. I mean, he takes a tweet and he's got to follow up on it. Muckraker and a tabloid dirt sheet writer. Who? Oh no. But Les Moore brought up something uh, on when you were on the line with him mm-hmm. uh, that I made this comment about moving to Chicago, and you guys were talking about shake them ropes, and he made the comment that oh he. The over-under on how long I'm doing the show. And he said, under four months. Obviously, and I, I think he said that in a joking way. And I by no means, you know, am upset about that. I mean, you know, we joke back and forth. It's fun. Uh, I hope to be doing the show for a lot longer than four months. I hope to keep doing this show with you, Jeff, until you make it big and, and stand up and leave me. <laughs> well, I haven't done so long so i don't know if that's gonna happen no you know i'll uh after we get through the top i'll, I'll be here for at least the top 100 until yeah. we're done with that once and we're then, done with the top we'll have i'll have to find a new gimmick to keep you uh stringing you yeah. along on this yeah. show uh but yeah we'll we'll come up with something please uh joey styles if you're listening and i know you are uh be not my new, be my new host so i can co-host no oh, wait, I, I need joey i need you uh joey styles to create a new list on your website that we can discuss uh if you want to do top 100 tag teams Ooh. Uh, yeah, that'll keep Jeff around. I'm pretty sure. Ooh, because with all the added stuff from uh, Smoky Mountain and AWA and things coming up, I could, yeah, I could. I, well, then I'd have to do more work. I know, <laughs> I know. What we could do also is the top ten matches that uh, on the WWE Network that weren't on the network when we started this countdown. Oh, that that'd be a, that'd still be work, but yeah, that'd be fun. We'll, we'll, let's put it this way: we have about a year to go. We do. We have we a have. long. We have a long time. Uh, we have. We have literally a year. We have 51 oh. more weeks. Okay. So we have one more year to do. We'll be wrapping this up around Christmas time, uh, most likely of uh, of next year. Uh, but thank you to all. I hope to be doing this show for more than four months. I hope you know Jeff does this show for more than four months. I'm not moving to Chicago. Uh, I do have a girlfriend now. We're pretty serious, but she has not yet, you know, made me stop doing this. So uh, that's a plus. That's a plus. Have, uh, have you revealed that you were a wrestling fan in the wrestling bubble or a wrestling? commentator of any kind to her yet all right so maybe maybe i should ask for advice on that oh no because i have not revealed to the level of in the bubble i am oh she she knows that i have as they say an affinity for wwe this may be a deal breaker rob you want to tread lightly on this one i need to tread lightly yes um but no i have not 
described how much that affinity goes. Tell her you like the New Japan stuff. Don't show her WWE because that's the moment where, you know. I think that would be worse, honestly. No. Cause at least, no, because that one at least looks like sports. No, no, no. I think, I don't know. And maybe if you are a casual female fan out there or a male fan who's dating some, uh, dating a woman with uh, a big wrestling passion, I don't know if that would be, like, if I was outside the bubble, I would look at Japanese wrestling and be like, well, that's weird. Not only are you watching wrestling, but you're also watching it from Japan when there's mm -hmm. WWE. At least I know WWE, right? I, I wonder, I don't know if uh, we might be in the bubble to the point where New Japan looks better to us because it's more sporty. But if you were showing a non-wrestling fan who kind of thought wrestling was weird that you watch Japanese wrestling, I think that might not go over as well. Oddly enough, the one girl I dated who liked wrestling because she had dated another dude who liked wrestling, liked Japanese deathmatch stuff. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Respect. Yeah. Respect. Show me the barbed wire stuff I went. But yeah, okay, cool. Oh my god. Show me the barbed wire. I'll watch that, yes. Because it's just like Jackass, right? Oh yeah. Um, Oscar via Twitter getting into the mailbag here. Oscar on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes asks, What would happen first? WWE uh books a pay-per-view from the United Center in Chicago, a Ring of Honor running an event in Madison Square Garden. WWE ran a pay-per-view to open the United Center, I believe. Didn't they do SummerSlam 94? 94. It, yeah. They haven't run United Center uh, for a pay-per-view since then, though. They run the All-State Arena. So what oh, he's okay. asking is what would happen first from now? Pay-per-view in the United Center, a Ring of Honor in Madison Square Garden. It would be pay-per-view in the United Center because the only way Ring of Honor is running Madison Square Garden is if they run the Annex. Right, the Annex, the theater. Yeah, the theater at Madison Square. And that's where I was kind of I wanted to see how we were going to play that, because, yeah, I could see Ring of Honor trying the Madison Square Garden Theater in New York uh -huh. because they're running out of venues in New York to run. Right. I could see them doing that, although it's really expensive. Yeah, I could but see some, they, but they, they'd never get access to that because WWE has a stranglehold on MSG. Right. I, I could see I could see WWE. Maybe if something happened to the Allstate Arena, maybe there were renovations, maybe they were closed for another event and WWE really needed an event there. I can see them running United Center somewhere down the line. The thing is, I don't see any of these two happening anytime soon. No, neither and, do I. And if Ring of Honor isn't running Madison Square Garden soon, that probably likely means they never will. I just remember WCW always ran the UIC Pavilion. They did, yeah. <laughs> and it was like, why don't they ever go to a real arena in Chicago? Right. And they didn't do that, I guess, until the Monday Night Wars. Joe Gagne on Twitter. Oh, nice. Asks... Joe does great work listening to all the wrestling podcasts. If you don't read his column on Voices of Wrestling, uh, do yourself a favor because every week he runs down the 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 um, how would you not say just this? the best. The, he runs down all of the wrestling hosted podcasts. The, the, the wrestling hosted podcast. He gives well, you which ones he gives a thumbs up to, which ones are a thumbs down. So if you are one who wants to listen to all the podcasts but doesn't have time for every single one of them. You can kind of pick and choose the best of that week to listen to. And I, I'm also going to put over Joe Gagne's Wrestling Funtime Arcade YouTube channel where he reviews all wrestling video games from the past and does a great job with a lot of good humor in it. I, I love that. Him and uh, Tom Green, who does the editing and whatnot, do a phenomenal job on those videos. Joe asks, what's the best and worst wrestling-related Christmas gift you've ever received? He adds, his worst was a bootleg Hillbilly Jim shirt, <laughs> which I say might have been his best one. 
Hmm. You get a bootleg hillbilly gym shirt. I think that's the prized possession. That's well, odd because as as I told when I was on Talking Sheet the first time, I had to answer those questions. I had to run the gauntlet. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I, I never got wrestling toys because I was always I was older, and also Jim Crockett Promotions didn't come out with toys until you know or WCW until I was too old to have toys. Yeah. I've only ever gotten one wrestling related gift, and it was. Um, for the NES, the Nintendo Entertainment System, that first WrestleMania, the arcade game, game, that was terrible. Mm. That game sucked ass. <laughs> I felt so ripped off by that game because NES Pro Wrestling was better. Tecmo Tag Wrestling or whatever the heck that was was better. This game, you know, had real wrestlers in it, so I was excited. And it, the graphics sucked. The moveset sucked. You didn't even have a full ring. You had like three ropes going around in these like pixelated. It sucked. The game sucked, and it started a long, long-standing enmity between myself and WWE video games, of which I think there's only been two good ones. That is, uh, No Mercy for the, uh, oh, what was it? The N64, not the N64. It was whatever No Mercy was for. I played a boot. I played a. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought No Mercy was for the N64. It, you might be right. I played it for an emulator. I never yeah. had an N64, but I played for an emulator, and it was fantastic. And uh, uh, Bring the Pain for the uh, PS2 yeah. was a phenomenal game with a phenomenal roster. Other than that, yes. all WWE games pretty much suck. Yeah, I think SmackDown Bring the Pain was my favorite of the SmackDown series. Um, yeah. I always liked the W on the WCW side. They had the NWO WCW Revenge game for N64. Mm-hmm. Revenge, that was a good one. We had that game. Uh, Christmas-wise, though, an actual Christmas gift, the first ever Nitro I went to was a Christmas present. They, it, was, oh. uh, it was coming in uh, January at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum in Fort Wayne. And I got tickets to that show as a Christmas gift. My brother and I went with my dad, featuring a main event of uh, Lex Luger and Scott Hall on the Nitro side and an after-dark match battle between Sting and Hulk Hogan. Did you enjoy the card? I remember having a fun time, and that was when Goldberg was still squashing dudes and uh, Wrath and Mortis were on the show. Like, I don't remember specifics about it. I remember the main event angle just because it was, you know, Hulk Hogan was out there and Scott Hall was out there and Randy Savage was out there. It was all the big-time people. Uh, It was also the re-debut of, uh, or the comeback to WCW of the British Bulldog. Oh, okay. Yeah, British Bulldog had a segment in there. Uh, Bret Hart was on the show in uh, in a speaking capacity. Um, so it was a it was a big time deal to me because it was the first ever wrestling event I had been to live oh, okay. in 1997. So uh, or 98, it would have been January of 1998. So it was a pretty big deal to me. Uh, but that was the best, I would say, Christmas gift. Uh, you could call it the worst because then it made me a big fan of WCW. Oh, no. But I, I consider it to be the best, the best Christmas gift I ever received that was wrestling related. Danny on Twitter asks buy or sell SmackDown's announced team for the January 5 USA SmackDown debut being Mauro Ranallo with Daniel Bryan. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I will. I will go out on a limb and buy this because he's, I don't think this will be the regular SmackDown team, but for the debut on January 5th, and the fact that we haven't seen Daniel Bryan in forever, I could see them throwing Mauro Ranallo with Daniel Bryan in there. I could see a third person added too, whether that's Byron Saxton or JBL or maybe even have Michael Cole out there. I don't know. Uh, probably Byron, I would say. Um, 
But yeah, I could see Daniel Bryan being on the SmackDown announced team for that debut episode on USA. No, I'm going to sell this and I'm going to sell this hard. Um, the debut, Vince is going to want someone who's an old hand, who's going to be able to, to guide Morrow uh, through some of the intricacies of WWE production because that's the way they do things and whatnot. I think it's going to be Jerry the King Lawler. And I oh, think, yeah, Jerry. Yeah, that's true. And I think, and I think Morrow's going to be okay with this because Morrow's such a huge JR fan. How did I forget Jerry he's, Lawler? Of course, Jerry Lawler will be on the SmackDown announced team. And, and he's going to try, and, 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 and Morrow. Morrow may or may not try to do a JR tribute act with Lawler here, I think, a bit in terms of interplay and whatnot. Um, I think Morrow's going to be fine. I, I love Morrow Ronaldo and, and his calls and stuff. Jerry Lawler does nothing for me, but I think it's going to be uh, Ronaldo and uh, Lawler. All right, so you sell that one. Yeah, I, I just thought maybe for the debut episode, I could see Daniel Bryan. Well, let's just say maybe he has some involvement on the show, even if he's not on the announced team or wrestling or anything, he might have some type of involvement on the show, but yeah, Jerry Lawler, of course, they might that, make him GM. Yeah. Um, and now, now, so. uh, Mara Ronaldo has been doing test shows for WWE. Uh, so he's been calling shows with Michael Cole, with others you know, to get ready for the show. He's not going in, you know, not no, having ever called WWE I'm not, shows. I'm not implying that, but also on a big debut, all the stress is out there right, and yeah. it's a little bit different. It's like doing a performance center show and doing a real show in front of a real crowd. Uh, Jack via Facebook uh, asks, "What is your favorite pizza topping?" Oh, I, I, I'm I'm an old standby. I like pepperoni, but you know, all meat. If you if you don't put vegetables necessarily, unless it's peppers or onions, but uh, you know, I I love meat and all kinds of meat: the beef, the bacon, the pepperoni, but mostly pe if, if one topping, pepperoni all the way. Yeah, if you're only choosing one, that's pepperoni for sure. Um, okay. I I will deal. I like ham on the pizza. If you're going to add like, more meat on it. Do you like the pineapple with the ham? I'll eat the pineapple. Okay. This is, I always get pepperoni pizza. Like I'm really lame. I just get the one, you know, pepperoni pizza. I do not like sausage or hamburger being on it. Oh, okay. And That's if, weird. and I, I'll eat chicken pizza, like the barbecue or not the barbecue, but yeah, you know, the, what is it? Spicy chicken. You have the, you know, the different types of chicken pizza. Yeah. There's a lot of different types of chicken pizza. I'll eat that too. If it's available. Uh, I'm not going to prioritize the ordering of that, but yeah, I don't like hamburger. I don't like sausage on the pizza. I always have a weird debate with myself. Do I, you know, do I want sausage or do I really want hamburger here on the pizza? Oh if I'm getting, if I'm getting that second topping and I'm just like, ah, you know, there are times where sausage is a bit much for me in terms of the spice level. Cause the pepperoni is always spicy. So I will, whatever. I will pick off all those toppings and send them your way. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't want any of them. I'll put bacon on there every day oh, and twice no, on Sunday. Mm. Uh, put uh, all you, the cured meats. Put pastrami on there. Put it all. Pastrami, yes. I'll take that. Are you one who will add bacon to anything and be happy? You know, I'm not that hipster. Bacon makes everything better. You know, that kind of that kind of crap that happened the past couple of years. I just, I just like bacon. I just like bacon. I just right. like, yeah. Yeah, give me bacon by itself. I'm I'll not, order I'm a bacon a, wrap ooh, steak, but I'm not a I'm not a ooh, is, does this come with bacon at all? You know, that kind of thing where you go to like these shishi restaurants and it has to have bacon on, otherwise it's a shitty restaurant. No, I'm not that kind of guy, but you know. Yeah. I love bacon. Bacon's good. Bacon's mm -hmm. good. I am uh yeah, but pepperoni, I like mushrooms. I'll have a bunch of stuff. If you order a Supreme, I'll eat it. Like I'm not gonna turn away a pizza. I don't want a salad on my pizza. I want I want something <laughs> that's gonna stop my heart. Okay. Yeah, well, we'll see how long that takes. 
Uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully another year because you'd still need to find another co-host. That's true. I need time. I need time. <laughs> well, I'll get Morrow once Vince fires him for oh. being too good. Oh, well, he has a great voice. So, number five mm-hmm. on the question board. I am Meta Ian on Twitter. Ah, oh, this guy. I know it's the third this, time he's asked, and we never do this, it. This guy trolls me on this stupid page promo every week, as if it's if, if I as if I like. <laughs> As if I like said a racial slur or something on the air, and it's like, dude, it was in a vacuum. It's That's, their fault for not following it up. Is this about the damn page promo? It is. It isn't he asked one about the page promo? He asked if uh, <laughs> this isn't the question I'm going to ask. He he did though ask on Twitter, uh, did the page read Flair promo change anything? And I replied, no, no page promo this year has changed anything. Period. Which is true. But okay. no, this is not about the page promo, and that's my fault. Like I. Because I would give you a, I would needle you every once in a while about the page promo just because That's I'm like, how fine. did, you know, but that might be my fault. But I am Medellin asked, and this is about the third time he's asked this. And I, I Medellin. I want to get in the cartel, but go ahead. Yeah, I am Medellin. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I am Medellin is how you yeah. say it. But, mm-hmm. you know, I pronounce it, whatever. That's I don't why care. I don't insult him too much in case he's like a cocaine drug lord. And he could be. No, so. I don't, I don't insult any of our listeners. I'm happy for all of them. Uh, oh, okay. But he has wanted us to talk about Kane's Hall of Fame case. <laughs> oh, God, that's the other thing he goes on. Discuss okay. discuss Kane's Hall of Fame resume and top matches. Now, I wasn't necessarily going to go too deep into this. Oh, man. But I did want to make one mention because, you know, I am a believer that Kane is an all-time great. Whether that should be in Wrestling Observer's Hall of Fame, I really don't care. Because I... Kane is an all-time great mostly because it's a gimmick that people know of. And he's been around it, like it's the it's the longevity bias. He's just mm-hmm. been around and he yeah. feels like a big deal because he's been pushed as a big deal. Whether he would go out and be a, this huge star. No, of course he wouldn't be. But, you know, Kane to me is an all time great. I don't care if you put him in a Hall of Fame or not. But what I was looking for is most of Kane's biggest moments in WWE or in his wrestling career are just that they're moments. Yeah, they're not matches. Yeah. The, the unfortunate thing about Kane is he's a big guy, so he's always put with other lumbering big guys. But, I mean, he of all the big guys they've had, he's the guy that can move around the, the, the best, I think, other than maybe The Undertaker. Oh, no, he, he certainly was. Undertaker was pretty good. I think Kane was the most agile of any of these super big guys they've had. Not so mm-hmm. much anymore, and probably not for the last five or seven years. Uh, but, yeah, in late 90s and early 2000s, he got in a mode with his body where in the early to mid-2000s, he was really moving a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was funny to watch, but so what I was looking for is what do people consider to be Kane's best matches, like his best singles matches, because he's been in money in the bank matches and he's been in a lot of multi-man matches that are considered good, but it, they weren't good because of Kane. Uh, so I went out there and, and looked for Kane's best matches. And one I- thing I found was a bleacher report contributor article back when bleacher report had contributors and weren't paying actual writers back. This was back in November of 2010 before they became this big deal. Yeah. And someone contributed an article entitled ranking the 10 best matches of Kane's career. And number one on this list, Jeff, do you remember WrestleMania 14? Is this the triple threat hardcore match with big show and Raven? It is not. Although that match was great for a number of reasons. I love that match. That would probably be my number one. That match, I think, was great because if you were at WrestleMania that year for 25 minutes, you saw nothing in front of you. Right. Uh, But Kane versus The Undertaker Mm. at WrestleMania 14. This contributor 
claimed this was the best match of Kane's career. So I didn't remember this match in the ring all that well. So I went back and watched it. And then I went to see, after I had watched it and almost puked in my mouth a little bit at how bad it was, it was slow. It was slow moving. It was early Kane. So Kane was the guy who just didn't sell anything. He was also not. Yeah. And that was his gimmick, right? That nothing could hurt him. Right. So he wasn't selling anything. It was just a plundering little, you know, whatever match. Uh, So I went back and looked at Dave Meltzer's ratings because at that point, the internet was not super common to the point where you had a million websites rating matches. So you really kind of have to go back to Meltzer to see, okay, what did some people think of this show? WrestleMania 14 from Boston, Massachusetts, the undertaker versus Kane. What this contributor for Bleacher report called the best match of Kane's career. Dave Meltzer gave it a star and a half. (laughs) And that's just to, that's much, not to say, much like much like Wikipedia, yeah. user contributed. User contributed. That, that's not to say like, yeah. oh, Meltzer said this match was bad, so it was bad. No, I thought this match was horrible, so I wanted to see what Meltzer thought. Maybe I was out to lunch. Maybe I was the only one who was like, oh, really? Maybe it's just because also, you know, after watching 15 more years of Kane's career, you know, other matches have been better. I, I don't think there's that that one Kane match that people are ever going to look at and be like, oh, did you see that match? That was great Kane. Yeah, there's no five-star classics, but I have always been a fan of Glenn Jacobs. What's your favorite? I, I, do you have a favorite moment of Kane? Because I know I do. Oh, man. Might have, uh, that, that's a bit too on the spot for me right okay. now. What's your, what's your my, favorite? My favorite, I'll, I'll think about my favorite Kane moment. Kane always had like these incredible re-debuts and returns. Yeah. The, I think it was 2000 because, yeah, it was 2000 because the Radicals were around. Um. There was this like 10 man tag main event of raw that had all the people, Mick Foley, the rock was in it. I believe Austin was in it, you know, Dean Malenko and the radicals and Stephanie McMahon was out there ringside. This big 10 man match with everyone who was the top guy in the company and all the upper mid carters. And at the end of the match, before the match is even over, Kane comes back and Paul bearer leads Kane out. Paul bearer was back with Kane the the lights go out in the arena. The music doesn't start right away until you see Paul Bearer. So the crowd's erupting. And then the music starts. King goes out there and beats up everybody. And it was just one of those like, okay, this is a classic raw closing moment. And it's like Kane. Like people were hyped to see Kane. And it was a cool, just badass thing. Um, and, and I have cool Kane moments. When he returns yeah. against the Un-Americans, when he beats up Test and Lance Storm and Christian, like that mm-hmm. was a cool return. Yeah, no, it, I, I Kane, like badass yeah. Kane, but you know yeah. he had to evolve. He's just cool. A bit. Yeah, he never he never really evolved. Like he had, I was at the Raw where he uh, where the mask, uh, the Raw after I think the mask came off okay. with Rob Van Dam. So after years and years, Kane finally loses the mask, and I was at the Raw where he burned Jim Ross, uh, where he set Jim Ross on fire. Yeah, yeah. So that was our closing moment I, live on Raw, where we just watched a screen where this Kane interview happened with Jim Ross. You know, I liked him in that triple threat hardcore match. I loved him in the Team Hell No and Ryback versus the Shield tables, ladders, and chairs match. Um, you know, I my favorite moment of his is oddly enough a recent one when they right before the birth of Team Hell No, the doctor, the the the, the support group sketch. I think he's just fantastic at that, where he just goes over his entire history. And he says, and for some reason, I have a fast, weird, what was it? He has a weird fascination with, is it, that's not the Pete Rose line, is it? 
I forgot what it was, but hit that whole monologue is just one of the best things. He, he does mention Pete Rose there. Like yeah, I have a weird does. fascination with Pete Rose or I have a weird fascination with something, but you're yeah. right. I mean, Kane during the Daniel Bryan stuff was really funny. Uh, yeah. And, and one of the underappreciated things I, I first became aware of Glenn Jacobs in Smoky Mountain when I was watching that from week to week. And he had a tag team with, uh, he, he was playing, a character called Unibomb because he looked a little bit like, and he wore a gray sweatshirt with a hood on it. It looked a little like the Unibomber. And he had a, uh, he had a tag team with Al Snow, and they cut this promo on the Rock and Roll Express that just eviscerates them. And 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 he has this weird googly eye thing that he's doing to look like uh, Robert Gibson. And Al Snow goes, "Don't don't cry. Your eyes are you're so cross-eyed it'll, it'll stream down your back or something like that." It's just, you know it's full on low rent southern wrestling promo type thing but that that tag team i i love to death that combination with snow and and uh glenn jacobs yeah i uh i was looking wwe has a playlist um whoa i don't know what that was wwe has I, a playlist I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm getting that in my my oh are you oh i'm sorry well okay yeah. well i will uh i will turn it down for you right now okay um, <laughs> wwe has a you were listening to test talk right Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So WWE has a playlist of uh, of Kane's big returns. They're not even. They don't even include. There's five on this list. They don't even include the one I'm talking about. But I okay. found it on YouTube. I want to play a little sound from it. Just listen how this crowd erupts uh, for for Kane and for Paul Bearer. They all lost another Oh wait a minute. What the hell is this? Stephanie, get over here. What the hell is this? What the hell is this? Chair, what did you do? I didn't do anything. It's Stephanie that annoying me. <laughs> Who is Yeah, I uh, I just love that one. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. Kane comes back, and Stephanie McMahon is there at ringside, and she's yelling for Tori, uh, you know, not Tori Wilson, but the previous Tori, yeah, uh, to come help her out. And she, it's just, it, it's great. I love the look of Kane. I wish Kane would go back to that bigger mask with the with the arm covered up. With the, yeah, yeah, the uh, the black long sleeves or the red long sleeves. Uh, this one was the black long sleeve. Yeah, I like that look. Yeah, no, he was, and he was great. I love, I love me some Kane. And Dean Malenko was there, like he's leading the radical group with DX. He's like, <laughs> back up, guys. I'm gonna take him. I got this one. And then Dean Malenko's the first one in there, and of course he gets dismissed easily. Yes, because he's small. Yeah, he's very small. And Kane's just beating up everyone. He's beating up Road Dog and Billy Gunn and Perry Saturn and just everybody. And like the face group is outside the ring, just waiting. Triple H doesn't want to get involved, so Triple H is just kind of hanging out. And X Pac gets him out of the ring. This Kane return man in 2000 is epic and yes stephanie mcmahon was on commentary annoying you <laughs> oh, she just annoys me unfortunately for you so that is kane's hall of fame case that return right there in yeah. 2000 which you can find on youtube that is kane's entire hall of fame case uh we had let's see here paul via email asks 
uh, or he says, you've mentioned Jeff doing improv a couple of times, but ah. is it a hobby? Is it a career pursuit? Is it something <laughs> you did in the past? What, what is your, uh, what is your improv life? It's, it's a, it's a hobby that turned into some money, but it's still a hobby. There's not a lot of money to be made in improv, to be honest with you. Um, it's meant to supplement other things. Now I, I started doing improv because I was getting tired of doing stand up. And I was doing open mics and and showcases and stuff like five or six nights a week in L.A. and basically telling the same jokes over and over. And I was getting bored with my own uh, my own material, to be honest with you. And I had tried when I was in college was when the British Who's Line Is It Anyway uh-huh. really started. And that's yeah. short form improv. So I tried to start a group there and only one other person showed up. And uh, she later became a rather famous comedian by the name of tina fey but i don't know her so i can't you know i just drop that story because it's cool uh for you the listeners but uh no i, I started doing improv short form in la it got me stage time and, and stuff like that. and then i eventually went and started doing lo- longer form as opposed to games you know i studied with second city and uh improv olympic out here in la and i just you know i really enjoyed it i enjoyed the team aspect of it. I enjoyed the kind of the camaraderie and whatnot. And, uh, eventually I'm, I was good enough where I could start coaching and, you know, teaching and you make a little bit of money there, but it's not a career pursuit, a career in improv more or less. I mean, if you watch 30 rock, uh, there's tons of jokes because all those guys are former improvisers about, you know, I'll get stuck teaching improv on a cruise ship in my later years, you know, to try and make ends meet. It, it's, it's like any other, creative acting pursuit it's a hobby it's a fun hobby but it doesn't pay the bills necessarily but uh no and i enjoy it and i go to festivals across the country they don't usually pay too much or they try and uh what's the word i'm looking for they 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 give me enough they give me money that that cuts down on costs but it's not it doesn't necessarily pay for it so i'll teach a workshop there and whatnot we'll do festivals and that's fun it's a fun hobby more or less and i get to perform in front of a lot of people sometimes so you know, it's uh, and it makes people laugh. And I'm more of a oddly enough, even though I make bad jokes on here all the time, I'm more of a straight man in the improv. And my my partner um, <laughs> is more of the clownish dude. I'm just kind of the annoyed straight guy. I'm kind of like you in our in this partnership. The annoyed guy is like, what is this whack a job doing right now? Billy Hawk. Yes. That's the name of the group, right? Yeah, that's one of the groups. And then I do something else with a guy by the name of Miles Stroth. Uh, Hawkenstroth, who uh, off and on, and uh, his old improv partner is on a show called Life in Pieces. Guy by the name of Dan Bacadal, who's really, really funny. So I'm honored to play with Miles occasionally too. Akil via Twitter asks, uh, "Do we have a favorite movie, TV show, or album of 2015?" 2015. Um. Well, that's a lot, either movie, TV. I'll, I'll sell that. I, I loved the last season of Justified. I thought that was really, really great and really, really strong. I've I've become a real big Elmore Leonard fan of late. Um, Flash is really strong. Movies. I don't know. Did you have a favorite movie? Well, I haven't seen, uh, as of our recording of this, I have not seen the new Star Wars yet. Neither have I. I'm going in about two hours. Um, <laughs> I really, I love Birdman. I watched Birdman. I loved it. I went and saw it in theaters when it finally came to Fort Wayne. Cause it didn't come to Fort Wayne until about February. So I didn't see it until after it had been out for a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm assuming I'll, you know, star Wars, the star Wars, uh, 
Inside Out was an interesting one. Inside Out I saw with uh, my girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, a little cartoon. I'm usually not a fan of cartoons. And we saw Inside Out. It looked, it looked kind of cute, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. There were a lot of kids in the theater, but it wasn't necessarily a kid's movie. Like, it had a lot to do with existentialism and, like, yeah. seeing outside of yourself. It was like an old show called Herman's Head. Yeah. Uh, it was on TV for a while. But, I mean, it was I mean, it was really about, you know, subconscious and, and right. things of that nature. You know, Amy Poehler was in it and a lot of a lot of famous people doing the voices. But I, we, we liked that movie. Like, the kids were kind of bored during it because it was not a flashy kids-type cartoon movie. No, it dealt with some heavy, heavy stuff. I'm looking I'm, – I'm now looking at 2015 in film to see if I liked it, what I liked but, and what yeah, I those Yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me uh, right now. Albums, like, I've heard the new Adele album. I think it's really good. Um I'm trying to think did uh if Weezer's newest one came out this year or if it was the previous year I can't remember. Mm. Um but I I don't know about music this year man. I just didn't get I was I like, have yeah, nothing in music although I'm I'm starting to find some smaller soul bands out there with the horn sections. That's kind of cool, but other than that there's nothing on the album front that really sticks out to me. Yeah, nothing nothing particularly, especially now with artists really just releasing singles. And you kind of just pay attention to what's on the radio or what's on Sirius or what's on, you know, if you're listening to Pandora or Apple Music. It's not so much about the albums anymore. You might get a single even before, you know, a year before an album comes out. Um, you know what I really liked in movies, maybe? Maybe my favorite this year was possibly the new Mission Impossible film that came out. That was really, really good. Yeah, well, I, we, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, it, it's, it's strong. It's not. I want to. It's not as good as the first one, in my opinion, but it's a little bit more serious than Ghost Protocol in terms of the danger factor. But yeah. it's also it's also less of a Tom Cruise action film. And uh, oh, what's his name? Um, um, Simon Pegg is is really good and strong in this movie, as opposed to just doing quips all the mm-hmm. time. He's really good in it. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched a lot of the Netflix shows to know because you know, Jessica Jones is getting a lot of props. Uh, Master it's, of, it- Jessica Jones is pretty good. Daredevil was stronger than I ever expected it to be. Yeah, we watched, uh, so what we would do is we would start watching like an episode or two of these shows and then kind of move on to a next one. And we haven't finished one yet. Ah. We're we're not good at the finishing of all these TV shows. Um, I'm glad Mindy Project is back. I was watching a couple episodes of that earlier uh, yesterday on Hulu because I'm a big Mm -hmm. fan of Mindy Project and Fox canceled it. And thankfully it's going on on, uh, on Hulu. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think, is hitting its stride. Like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is really good. That's a fun show, and Andre Brower is great in it. Oh, and I tell you what, Parks and Rec ended earlier this year, too. So Parks and Rec was one of my favorite shows. Yeah. Um, WWE Breaking Ground. Uh, this Last Man on Earth. Is it any good? With Will Forte. Is fantastic. Oh, is it? Okay. I love this show. It might be my favorite TV show hmm. right now. Um. And I, I love the Will Forte. I thought it was going to be so weird because Will Forte does not scream to me a guy who can carry something by himself. But the whole episode, the whole first episode of the series is him by himself. And then there, there's not a big cast in the show. Last Man on Earth, it's funny. It's witty. I really like it. Uh, so that might be my favorite TV show that I've watched this year. If Hateful Eight is any good, it might be my favorite movie, but we'll see. Yeah, we got Tar- Tar- Tarantino makes his movies about half hour too long all the time. So, and there's an intermission on this one. So it's like, there's an intermission in hateful eight. Yeah. There's going to be, it's going to be like, I think it's like three hours. Oh my God. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, uh, it's coming out like at the end of, uh, 
the end of this year, right? The 31st? Uh, Some cities on Christmas, but, uh, and some in January. Yeah, that's right. You're one of those some cities. Yeah. You're always one of the some cities, Jeff. You can see movies before the rest of us. Yeah, I'm special. Oh, God, Jeff. It's the worst thing ever. You would have seen Birdman three months before I could. I still haven't seen it. Yeah, you should. It's great. Um, Let's see. What's next? Jack, again via Facebook. And this is uh, right in your wheelhouse, Jeffrey. Uh Uh-oh. He asks, what's the best tag team of 2015 in any promotion? What was your favorite tag team of the year? Uh, Well, I mean, oh, my favorite. What Uh, was the best? What was the best? That could go your favorite, right? Yeah, well, best and favorite are usually two different things. Like, when I think best, you try and, yeah go to the work rate snobs and go, well, technically this team had more four-star matches than anything, you know, that kind of crap. You know, and then you go to, you know, start looking at like the, these teams that nobody gets to Jeff, see. It, like Noah, can, like, can I, can I just, can you just say young bucks so we can move on? Young bucks is going to be my choice. Yes. Young bucks were, were the best tag team all around. Um, yes. And then this is one of those years where you cannot say any WWE tag team was the best. Because they just haven't. I mean, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro maybe could have been, but you know, New, New Day was entertaining as hell, though. New Day was entertaining, but their matches aren't that great. Yeah, well, I mean, the the Young Bucks, it's a it's a it's a take it or leave it thing. They're entertaining, but they're not always the most technically great team. You oh, could I, say I don't care Red about te- I, I, who's entertaining me the most. Who's you know yeah, the young doing Bucks, the best? Yeah, the young, who's the most successful? Yeah. Um, I would say the Young Bucks are. Um, I, I just I don't know who else you could give it to. I, Red Dragon has been fantastic. Every match that they have, Briscoes didn't have enough tag team matches. Didn't have enough tag team, and that when I was saying New Day haven't had great matches, it's not their fault necessarily. No, no it's, because it's just of, the way they do it. Yeah, their characters, the storylines they're given, and the opponents. I mean, let's face it: the last three months they were feuding with the Dudley Boys. Now Dash and Dawson came on strong at the end, but the the Young Bucks just far and away with the stuff they were doing, especially in PWG, was great. One of my more entertaining teams who I may have picked is I always liked Chuck Taylor and Trent in PWG, but Beretta mm-hmm. and Rocky Romero as the Rapungi Vice, especially having seen them live when ROH came to Chicago. Oh, uh, they're great. Yeah, they're fantastic as I like well. Them much be- I like them much better than, co- than the Forever Hooligans. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I, I could not stand the Forever Hooligans. I mean, Alex Kozlov just bored me to tears. See, I kind of get that way also with uh, occasionally Red Dragon. Yeah, yeah, I can see that because both of those guys together, I mean, there's not a lot of flash. No. Uh, there, uh, but there is a lot of uh, a lot of fluidity. They're very solid, mm-hmm. uh, very mm-hmm. good stuff. I, I've grown to like Kyle O'Reilly better by himself, though. Yeah. I have grown to like him better by himself. Uh, Alan Blackstock on Twitter. My man. Um, he had a question for me. Good. Uh, he said, explain Rob's involvement in IWA Mid-South and yes. other stuff you've done in wrestling. I've never heard the full explanation. Um, okay. okay, so yeah, we've we've brief, briefly mentioned it sometimes in passing or comments on other stories. But okay, so in 2006, 2006, I believe it was, I got to figure out exactly when I started. Uh, when I was in high school still in 2004, I promoted a couple of, Really, really small scale wrestling shows in Fort Wayne in Indiana. Uh, two shows. One featured a main event of Chad Collier and Shark Boy in front of a paid crowd of 11. <laughs> I think I heard Shark Boy tell that story on a, on a podcast once. Did you really? Yeah, Shark oh. Boy. I think it was uh, maybe Colt's podcast. Oh my gosh. Oh, I wouldn't have to listen to that. 
I want to see what he says about that. It's probably Mm -hmm. this skinny teenager, you know, didn't know what he was doing and 11 people showed up. So I made him, you know, Chad and I, I think that's exactly the story. I think he, I think he asked you for more money at some point to do the match because only 11 people showed up. He didn't ask for more money, but he asked for his money up front. That, yeah, I think that might, he got to the show, saw no one there. So him and Chad both came to me. Okay. So this is in 2004. Uh, Chad Collier, who I just love. I love Chad Collier because I had seen him on local shows before. I actually love Shark Boy in a weird, sick way. Well, I what I was, I, I actually, to get Shark Boy, because I didn't know who I could book, I, w- I didn't know what I was doing. Like, I just wanted to promote a wrestling show and show, you know, my friends, you know, what, you know, what wrestling was and who I could get on the show. So it was a lot of local guys. And then Chad Collier and Shark Boy. Um, it almost became Chad Collier and Brian Kendrick. Mm. Uh, but Brian Kendrick was either going back to WWE or couldn't do shows outside of something. Uh, so Chad Collier put me in touch with Shark Boy, and we got Shark Boy and Chad Collier. They went 45 minutes. Once I paid them, they said, you know, give us our money now. That's fine. They were very nice about it. At no point was I threatened. Right. They were very nice about it. Uh, but we need our money now or else we're going home. If you give us our money now, we'll do whatever you want. So I, so I foolishly said, can you go out there for as long as you want and just be fun? And they and they went out there for forty five minutes and put on a one fall match with a lot of uh, a lot of shenanigans. They ended up getting some of the other guys to do run ins at points, uh, but it was a fun time. Chad Collier and Shark Boy. So after having eleven paid and losing money on this thing, I said, you "You know what? Do another one. I should do this again." <laughs> and that show ended. Swear to God, I I was in the ring that show. Chad Collier beat Shark Boy, and we, uh, the person I was promoting it with, uh, that had some input. We get in the ring. Chad Collier wins. We get on the microphone and say, Chad Collier, great match, but your next opponent will be tougher. Your next opponent is AJ Styles. Oh, you overreached, huh? Oh, by quite a bit. By yeah, so quite you get, a bit. We'll get word of mouth because we'll just say AJ Styles is coming. There is an old, like one of those websites where you can go in and get 20 megabytes of space and do a really, like I think it was like .50m.com or whatever. These really okay. old type of websites. Alta Vista. <laughs> yeah. There is a website out there somewhere. If they're still around, I don't know. You can find it in a web archive that shows a photo of AJ and a photo of Chad Collier with the, with the uh, words saying, coming to Fort Wayne soon. Oh, man. Needless to say, it did not happen. But the second show, we had a paid crowd of 20 for a main event, a double main event. Of, of Chad Collier versus Nigel McGuinness. Wow. And a main event of Colt Cabana versus a local guy named Big Mofo J. <laughs> and and how'd the show go? How was it received? Um, I don't know, because I was hiding. Okay. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Uh, but no, I was not one of these promote. Like, I would have felt s- sick to my stomach as a high schooler, if I like ran a show and didn't pay anybody, of course, everyone got paid. Everyone was happy with the show um, as far as a worker on it. But yeah, it was, it was 20 minutes. It was fun. I had, you know, a lot of friends from high school come down um, and watch this thing. You know, not everyone paid. Cause at that point I'm like, okay, I can either make you pay $10 for this thing, or I can just say, you know, come on down and watch it. I don't care. Uh, but my biggest memory from this, not only the fact that, you know, we got Colt Cabana when he was still getting hotter with ring of honor. Cause this was still 2004. So he was with ring of honor. Right. Um, and now I come to realize like, of course, Chad Collier wrestled on the show because by that time, and he's still hustling, he was going to work any show that was running on a night that he wasn't booked. So he's like, of course I'll be on this show. Um, 
Chad Collier was in the ring with Nigel McGuinness. Right. And I was running with like a chicken with my head cut off through this entire show because I didn't know the ins and outs still of running a running any type of event. And all the music had been handled. Like people were playing music. We got an actual sound guy. Um, but for this match, I wanted the sound to play after the match as well. So the guy, the sound guy comes up to me and says, because uh, I had written down all the people who would win for the music to play. But I didn't get the main events because I didn't know what the actual main events would be because I didn't know Nigel McGinnis was actually showing up on that show until he arrived. Because Chad Collier said he was going to bring an opponent and he brought Nigel McGinnis. Right. But I didn't necessarily book Nigel McGinnis. So he brings Nigel. So I didn't know the matches to close the show. So the music guy comes to me during Chad Collier and Nigel McGinnis in the arena and asks me, what music am I playing here? Who's winning? The problem here <laughs> is that he asked me this about five feet away from us standing near the crowd. Oh. And this crowd, of course, of 10, of 20 people is super small. They can hear everything. Nigel McGinnis and Chad Collier are working a map-based match. Me, as the stupid high school punk who doesn't know what he's doing, says in a regular voice, play Chad's, he's winning. During Chad Collier and Nigel McGinnis, five feet away from the crowd. <laughs> I see two of these people in this crowd turn back to me and look and give me this weird, just like disgusted look, like how dare you spoil a finish, which I guess is a good thing in retrospect because at least they cared enough to be spoiled. At least Chad didn't hear you in the in the ring and go. Oh, oh I would have gotten I would have gotten beat up. Yeah, Chad Collier took so much stuff seriously, but I'm like, how did I? Why did I do that? Like, what a mistake to make. Uh, but it was fun. It was it was something I'll never do again. But it was interesting. But all that's to say, that's what got me involved in pro wrestling. Mm -hmm. And then I became a referee that same year, and I trained in a in a school in Marion. And basically, now, now do you train with other wrestlers or do you train with like other referees? Wrestlers, because no one, okay. there's not a school of training referees. I think Jimmy Corderas uh, does one in Canada, but there's really not a school for that. Yeah. So I would, I would train, and this uh, promotion in Marion is also where I met Congo Kong, okay. who's becoming big now. You know, ten years later, Congo uh, Kong would wrestle weekly in Marion for a promotion called EWF, um, Extreme Wrestling Federation. And they would book big stars from like the 90s for every once in a while on their Saturday shows. And they had the Sandman. Yeah, they yeah. owned a build. Yeah, like Raven, Sandman, Rosie at the time or whatever. Um, they would book these shows and they had a regular flowing crowd in. They owned the building, so it didn't run. It didn't really cost much to run. They owned the ring. They owned the building they were running in. Uh, so it didn't cost that much. Right. And he would sell sponsorships. But that's where I met Congo Kong. So basically the training became... Uh, me refing there every week on the shows, you know, getting ring time before the show, after the show, getting advice and just refing uh, throughout refing in Marion and Muncie, Indiana. That's where I met Jason Harding, who's now Jason Ayers and WWE. Uh, it's where I met, you know, a lot of the other guys. And eventually um, IWA Mid-South started running Indianapolis when I was in school at Ball State. Okay. Uh, so with it only being about 40 minutes away, I'm thinking, okay, maybe I should, you know, IWA Mid-South. I've been to IWA Mid-South shows. Uh, you know, they're a bigger promotion than just this local promotion that's running, you know, 50 people inside a Muncie gym. So I'm like, I'll go. I'll try and be a ref. I show up at an IWA Mid-South show in Plainfield, Indiana. And I ask Ian Rotten. I say, hey, do you need a ref on this show? Now. 
I had already told a friend of mine that went to IUPUI in Indy that, hey, I'm going to ref on this show. Do you want to come watch it? <laughs> so he's uh, you're there. Big, you're big timing already. So he's there with his girlfriend and another friend. So three people came. Mm-hmm. Well, this will. This is more of a story about how much of a uh, of a money marker or salesman or whatever you know, Carney, if you will, Ian Rotten is. Okay. I show up there. My buddy, his girlfriend, and his friend are also there. I say, "Hey, Ian Rotten, I do you need a ref? I I have experience. I know you know one of the guys on this card. Uh, can you use me as a ref? Just a tryout." And I told him, hey, you don't have to pay me anything. I just want a ref. And he's like, no, I already have enough refs. Because there were two other refs on that show already. Mm-hmm. So last-ditch effort, because I didn't want to go there for nothing. Right. I said, Ian, hey, I brought three people with me. They're willing to pay for tickets if I'm on the show. Ian Rotten, ah. Ian Rotten turns to Mickey Knuckles, says, get him inside. Exactly. Ticket seller, baby. Ticket seller. Uh, so me getting the, the three people they do in, the same, they do the same thing in standup. Can I get on the show? Well, we're booked already. I brought four paying customers. Oh, All right, know, you're on. <laughs> of course. And I didn't know at the time, but now of course, like that's how a lot of people get on a lot of wrestling shows for sure. Oh, yeah. Like their tickets sell. You're not getting paid. You're here's four tickets. Go sell them. That's how you're getting paid. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's how I got on the show. And uh, my first show, I, I did like a six man that featured Ricochet and Chuck Taylor. And I'm like, okay, I'm on the show. I I know what I'm doing for the most part. And you know, I gave him my name. My name in IWA Mid-South was Travis Young, and I ref for two years or so. I, I did that show in Indianapolis, but I didn't have Ian Rotten's phone number. I didn't have a way of contacting him, so I didn't know if he was ever going to use me on shows again, and I figured I would just go to, like, Indianapolis shows. But the next week or a couple weeks after was the uh, was the TPI in, uh, like, the I think Midlothian, Illinois, somewhere in Illinois. I go to that just as a fan because I'm still a fan. I wanted to go to that show. Assuming that I wouldn't get used as a referee. I walk in. Mickey Knuckles recognizes me and she says, why are you buying a ticket? <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. And that's how I knew that I was, I was going to become a regular referee. So I refereed almost every show for a two-year period in Illinois and uh, you know Indianapolis area for IWA Mid-South for a two-year period there, including a show at the ECW Arena, which was yeah. pretty cool. Um, I, I failed to hold a ladder. I love your clip with Joey Ryan and Chuck Taylor. It still never fails to make me laugh. Yeah. There are clips out there. There are clips of me refing a Bobby fish too cold Scorpio match on YouTube. There are, hmm. there are clips of, uh, of me getting drop kicked by Chuck Taylor. Um, question. Are, did you do the workers handshake or a firm manly handshake? Uh, the workers handshake at first. Okay. Cause that's what I was taught. Congo Kong taught me that. Okay. By the way. Uh, Congo Khan taught me how to handshake. He was really the only one because he was from Fort Wayne too. He was going to college in Fort Wayne. Um, so he was the only one that we would see each other when we would go to like a bar in Fort Wayne to see pay-per-views, WWE pay-per-views. Like he would be there. Okay. So he was like one of my, uh, I mean, we're not, we're not really close right now or anything. And we weren't like best friends by any means, but he was probably the closest one I was to early on when I was refing. Um, but yeah, I did the workers handshake at first. And then it kind of devolved to where people were just shaking hands. Right. Like regular. So I'd say hi. And it was always the same people too. Like Chuck Taylor was there the entire time. Ricochet was there the entire time. Like you would get guys like Corporal Robinson. Uh, and I was always afraid of the deathmatch guys. Because I, you know, I, I'm a mark, you know. I'm uh, I'm in there thinking, oh, these deathmatch guys are just the, you know, the most stubborn. They're the angriest. 
And it turns out, like, they're usually the nicest guy. Madman Pondo and Tank were two of the coolest people I've ever met oh, yeah. wrestling. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you hear that. The guys who always do the craziest stuff are always the nicest outside of it. Now, did you ever blade? I never, I never bladed. And okay. I would, and I never would or wanted to. Okay. Um, the only time I drew blood and it was uh, Tank, we were doing the show in a bowling alley parking lot <laughs> in lower Indiana, southern Indiana, right by the border. I forget the exact town, but it was a bowling alley parking lot show. Uh, it was a deathmatch tournament. Might have been king of the deathmatches for all I know. I'm in the ring with Tank. And Tank's team loses or Tank loses the match and I'm the referee for it. So Tank turns to me and says, you want to take a body slam? And before I can actually answer him, he lifts me up and body slams me. Nice. There is broken glass on the mat. The body slam goes fine. The body, the body slam goes absolutely fine. What comes next, however, and these fuckers in the IWA crowd, I was... I would get cheers every once in a while. Like the crowd picks who they like as a ref and who they hate as a ref. Yeah. Kind of like PWG has one ref they like and one they don't. Yeah. And they, they always liked me after in one match in Shelbyville, Indiana at a, at a sold show in a high school. Shelbyville. Uh, in okay. Shelbyville. Yeah. Yes. Simpsons. Go ahead. Shelbyville, Indiana. Um, Ian Rotten gives me a body slam and Brandon Tomaselli on commentary calls me salty Travis Young because I've just been <laughs> body slammed. And ever right. since that, I was kind of like a fan favorite ref, I think. Cool. Um, but in this Southern Indiana town, the crowd, after I get body slammed is calling for my head tank does a curb stomp to me <laughs> face first into the broken glass. glass. <laughs> I'm done for the night. And that those fucking that crowd ate it up and because it's IWA and they really don't know what they're doing either. And Ian Rotten's in the back. No one's there to help me out. Right. Cause it was unplanned. So I'm just laying in the ring and they're cleaning up for the next match. And they're, and eventually one guy says to me, as I'm selling being dead, one yeah. guy says, are you going to get out? <laughs> and I, I lay there. I say, yeah, if you help me, I'm dead here. <laughs> Cause I at least knew that much. Uh, but yeah, I, I took a beating sometimes in IWA. Drop they kicks, should, eye they rakes. They done the matches around you and just let you do that bit all night. That would have yeah. been great. Oh, shouldn't someone help him? Nah, show must go on. Keep so going. My, my IWA run was basically, that was pretty much mostly of what I did in pro wrestling. I was a ref for IWA and I would do local shows in Muncie and Fort Wayne. Um, and, uh, you know, I... Some of them, I look back and see some of the guys that I ref for, and it's like a cool thing, especially now that I'm kind of out of it. Like, I, I ref for AJ Styles. I ref for Petey Williams. I ref for, you know, all the people who went through IWA Mid-South. Um, so it was a fun time. I was a college kid, you know. I was I was doing it on the weekends. I, was, I didn't have ideas that I would go become a professional wrestling referee for WWE or anything. It was all as a hobby. It was all for fun. But that's where I met some of the people that I stay in contact with today who have gone through TNA for WWE, and uh, it's a cool thing. Cool. But that is, my, uh, that is my professional wrestling story. Now it's all out there so that anyone listening to this Christmas show knows what's going on. Um, Parker. Parker on Twitter asks, There is a four-way trade between WWE, New Japan, ROH, and Lucha Underground. Who goes where? 
<laughs> I, I feel like I'm putting you on the spot here, although I did email you these questions an hour before we recorded. Oh, yeah, that's always nice, isn't it? Um, <laughs> you're saying an hour isn't enough time? Well, I'm saying I may not be staring at my email that entire time. I know. I, I, I was wondering, like, I wonder if he's going to get this or I should text him or whatever. But uh, I'll go first. How about this? All right. This? Let me think about this because I don't know all that many people in Lucha Underground, to be honest with you, other than Ricochet and, you know, and a couple others. And he, he's in New Japan already, so it doesn't even matter, right? So, I mean, Lucha Underground. I'm getting Angela Fong somehow. No, go ahead. <laughs> she might have been my pick. You know who's Ooh. my pick is Carly Perez. Okay. Uh, the former Katrina. Katrina. Katrina? Yeah, Katrina. Yeah. Uh, Marley Perez is my pick to go to WWE. All right. I Send her back there. Send her back there. Um, to go to Lucha Underground, Yohei Kamatsu. To go All to right. ring. Yeah, why not? Yohei Kamatsu is this smaller guy. Who, no, I believe you. I'm just. <laughs> he, need, he needs to work different styles. I would love to see Yohei Kamatsu in a different environment. And of all the he could go to Ring of Honor too. I don't know. Um, but you also look at if we're doing a trade here, this is a fantasy trade, whatever. Uh, who helps the promotion the best? Obviously, yeah. like a Shinsuke Nakamura would help Lucha Underground immensely, right? right. Um, so you can kind of go both ways there. Um, someone I want to see in Ring of Honor, I would see Yohei Kamatsu in Ring of Honor. Uh, everyone else we've kind of seen already in Ring of Honor, except for Tomohiro Ishii. I would kind of like to see Tomohiro Ishii in a Ring of Honor ring doing some of those matches in like a WrestleMania show. Uh, and going to New Japan, they're going now. The Briscoes would have been my pick. Yeah. Number one, the Briscoes in New Japan Pro Wrestling. But here they are, they're going now. So, uh, you know, because of ROH... Maybe we send someone from ROH to WWE. Who's the number one guy you send from ROH to WWE right now? Is it Adam Cole? Is it Kyle O'Reilly? Is it Moose? It might be Moose for me. Roddy. Yeah, Roderick Strong. Roderick I think Roddy Strong's would great. be great. I think, you know what, I wouldn't, you know, if they if they would take the leashes off the promos, I, I'd love to see Dash and Dawson and the Briscoes have a promo battle. Yeah, Roderick for Strong's a so for, good. For, for, for a tag team feud. I think that would just be... I think mean, that'd be something nice if you could get that kind of uh, real hatred and kind of the seething underneath underbelly, and you know, Mark Mark's uh, goofiness, so to speak, kind of undercuts it. And that doesn't undercut it, but it adds a, a weird, unstable element to it. And I think those two teams would be great. Um, let's see, who would I want? Let's send from New Japan. Let's send Los. In Gobernables over to uh, Lucha Underground. Ooh, as, that's a good one. As agents for Dario Cueto, perhaps, or something. I think that'd be kind of interesting, especially Naito and what he'd do in there. Um, to ROH, um, let's see. Who would I want to, you know, I, let, let, I'll go with the obvious. I'd love to see Ricochet do another program in ROH, to be honest with you. Um, just, you know, on top, maybe even with Jay lethal. Yeah. An interesting one. And then who am I leaving at? Who goes from WWE over to new Japan? Um, you know, because they've, they've had so many indie guys over there already. I'd love to see just on a loner and have him go through the dojo at the same time. What would happen with Baron Corbin? Baron if Corbin he, in if, Japan is a cool one. If he got some, you know, if he got some really hard, hard training, and I think he dig that kind of stuff. Being a former athlete, 
and and you know kind of a bit of a fighter and a bit of a dick and and just you know get some more stiff kicks and punches under his belt as opposed to being kind of a bad luck valet type no offense to bad luck valet fans i'm not a fan of his but i'd love to see corbin get more experience in a different location kind of like how cody hall is doing right now i think that'd be interesting you can go bigger names too i could see like a rusev or sheamus in yeah. New Japan. Oh, I, w- I was thinking NXT more than WWE. Um, and for WWE main roster, uh, yeah, Rusev in a New Japan would be awesome. Um, Samoa Joe would be awesome over there. I mean, uh, we've seen how Drew McIntyre has done on US Indies, and he's great. Like, I, yeah. you, know, you could put Sheamus in Ring of Honor for all we for all we know, Sheamus and it would be... be an interesting one too. I think I think Sheamus's style and being a little bit stiffer, I think that would work over there. And, and he, and he was working sons. Indies in Britain before he got here. You yeah. know, in Ireland and different yeah. places. So it's not like he's unknown to this style. I'd, yeah, and I'd I'd love to see Roddy have a run in, in NXT as as just a dick heel and maybe even the top guy in there. I think he'd be great. Yeah. And then as far as complete fantasy, if Shinsuke Nakamura could go to Ring of Honor full time and the young bucks go to WWE and I'd love Rick- Okada to come over and be the Ring of Honor champ, to be honest with you. I think that'd be a nice little move. There's a lot, but- of, a lot of fantasy trades you can do. I think this year, 2015, was really the year where anything almost could have happened. Because yeah. you, the names that are in WWE right now, the names that went to New Japan, you know, the Briscoes going over, this was the year. This was the year where it was chaos in the world of pro wrestling, not just in the United States. It was chaos. But, yeah, uh, Young Bucks and Lucha Underground would be interesting, too. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Young Bucks. Young Bucks anywhere. Young Bucks anywhere would kind of be interesting. Anywhere uh, that respects tag team wrestling. Yes. I want to thank everyone for listening to our special Christmas show. Mm-hmm. Uh, any final thoughts? Any happy holidays thoughts you want to send to anyone in particular or to the people out there, Jeff? Um. You know, those of you who are going back home with your families, enjoy this time. Uh, those of you who may not have families, find friends to be with. Um, because that really, to me, is what the holidays are about. Not necessarily the reflection and seeing what happened over the years, but you know, finding people who, for lack of a better term, not to get all sappy here, but who love you for you um, and, and being with them for just even a short time, even if it's just for that day, and you know, have a meal with them. So uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa. Festivus, whatever holiday you may celebrate. Um, just enjoy it. Take the day off and just enjoy the people you're with and then go back to the rat race of whatever you're doing in your lives then. Yes, Merry Christmas to you, Jeff. Thank you for another successful year of Shake Them Ropes. Thanks for all your questions. And we'll, uh, we'll be back with the final Shake Them Ropes of the year on Tuesday. In a world of one million wrestling podcasts, there is a new shining star with great interviews, analysis, music, and and me, Matt Coon, on total engagement. Go to any podcast platform to listen today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.